0: Hey babe, did you know that using a great alternative light source doesn't cost a billion dollars or look like a suitcase anymore?
1: Surely that's not true, but if you can give me more information I'll be inclined to believe you.
0: Well now you can get a pocket-sized black light from Taction USA that works just as well as a large ALS, an alternative light source. It works so well you'll never go back to any other ALS. It's lightweight and literally fits in your pocket. Made out of aluminum, so it's durable, it will last you a lifetime. You can find the professional blacklight at TaxionUSA.com for 29.99. Ships quickly, and your order comes from TaxionUSA's Amazon store, so it's easy to order. TaxionUSA is run by law enforcement for law enforcement. You should check it out today and get yours.
1: Get yours right now, today, at TaxionUSA.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Crossing the Tape. We're back at you with another mini-episode. I'm Brendan. And I'm Hillary. And today we're talking to you all about that powdery substance everybody loves.
0: Fingerprint powder.
1: Coke, yes, yes.
0: (laughs) Hey, what are we endorsing here? Fingerprints. Alright, just making sure. Drug dealers. No. No. Absolutely not. Going to jail? For drugs? Yeah, they should. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we're all about. (laughs) Justice.
1: But tell us about fingerprint powder. The powder of truth.
0: (laughs) So fingerprint powder is a substance every CSI and everybody else has heard of. But where did it come from? It was first used in the 19th century in countries such as Argentina, South America, and Germany.
1: They get the purest stuff in South America.
0: Oh, really? I didn't know that.
1: Well, most powders.
0: (laughs) Stay on track, dear. Oh, sorry. So the next notated mark in fingerprint powder history was in 1920. This appears to be the point in time when powder was further developed and enhanced. At that time, the powder was comprised of several different compounds, including chalk, graphite, lead, and mercury. Now, there's a lot more science to that, but I'm not going to go into those details at this time. If you want to read that, you can.
1: Nowadays, they just use baking powder and rat poison. I don't think so. Different powder, once again. (laughs)
0: However, it was soon realized that lead and mercury were not safe to use, so those were factored out of the powder's composition. Today fingerprint powder is primarily carbon-based. The consistency, particle shape, and adhesion are all factored into the development of the powder. This, of course, is all in reference to traditional granular powder, such as amido black, which is the most commonly used. There's other types, but that's the go-to. <laughs> Makeup... When you think
1: fingerprint powder and getting everywhere and <laughs> black smudges on your fingers right. and all the surfaces. Up that's your nose. the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, when you sneeze later and it looks like a cloud.
0: Yeah. Well yeah, that's that's what happens. Even if you have a mask, it, it finds a way. It's
1: it just gets in. hmm
0: The makeup of other powders, such as fluorescents, are comprised of a mixture of both magnetic powder and granular, such as traditional fingerprint powder. Magnetic powder Is something really cool and was first developed in 1962. Though granular as well, it has iron particles in the mix to give the magnetic effect and it works very very well. Um, I used to use it a lot on surfaces such as even cardboard. It was a really Mm -hmm. good one to pick up prints on cardboard. Magnetic powder is a great latent fingerprint enhancer without the mess of those traditional powders like we mentioned. (laughs) However, there's no replacement for the traditional one that has been used since the 20s. Modern to- modern times have simply made the powder safer for users while maintaining effectiveness. And as I mentioned in there, there's fluorescence. Those are used mostly for metals, and they when they say fluorescent, they're not kidding. No,
1: they look funky. It doesn't. Yeah. It looks like a. Like an alien substance. Yeah,
0: the green especially, and then there's pink. And there have been some shows where uh, they decide to use what fingerprint powder they feel like according to what color they want to use that day. That's not what you do in real life. not having
1: anything to do with the surface that that they're extracting prints from.
0: And also, one of my favorites, too, was always the white volcanic powder. Volcanic. Yeah.
1: Not... Not the other white powder. <laughs> no, volcanic. no, we don't. We no, don't do that in this house. No, not here.
0: <laughs> but the white was really good for glass. Really, it was a really good enhancer on glass. But when you lifted the print, you had to put that lift on a a surf like a card that had a black background, mm-hmm. so it would show up. Okay. Because otherwise, most fingerprint <laughs> cards they're white. Yeah, or you can use I sometimes just an index card, because mm-hmm. then you can write your information on the back.
1: Yeah, same deal.
0: But if you used white powder, um, they came <laughs> out really well, though, with pictures, photographs. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, you have to lift that print for evidentiary value.
1: Yeah, so, so it's going to need... have to go on paper, on a card that it'll right. show up on.
0: Right. So that one, I always like to experiment with different things, and when I wasn't actually collecting fingerprints. Fingerprint powders. Experiment with different fingerprints. <laughs> yes. Uh, we let's, let's clarify. Nobody's experimenting. With college no.
1: was wild, but nobody
0: no. delved into
1: those waters. No.
0: College wasn't wild for me. Really me neither. Wasn't. <laughs> But I don't think I ever hit the wild years. Maybe they're to come, babe. No. <laughs> no. Anyhow, so I like to experiment with different fingerprint powders. Thank you. <laughs> And if I wasn't actually lifting a print for a case, obviously I wasn't going to experiment on a piece of evidence. I would, no. I would put different surfaces out, like cardboard and metals, and just try different things with my own fingerprints to Practice see what prints. worked the best. Yeah. That way, when I was in the field, I could really act like I knew what I was doing. Yeah. I was <laughs> check this
1: out. You ever seen this green powder?
0: You know, I never use that on the job. I've used it in a class to teach because it's such... It's so vibrant, you can see it really well. It's an
1: awesome visual aid for learning.
0: But I don't think I ever used it actually in the field.
1: It is interesting. You say the 19th century is when this stuff kind of started becoming prevalent. Mm -hmm. But to this day, latent fingerprints or, you know, lifting prints, it's still the same. Still the same method. You sprinkle this magic dust on there.
0: (laughs) Not too much. No. Just a little bit. <laughs> no, I,
1: I have, I have, unfortunately, pulled the too much trick in the past. And, of the fingerprint powder, not
0: right. we, Not anything else. No, no, we've never done anything like that. No, never but, will.
1: Yeah, you use too much and you just end up with a big, dirty smudge. It mm-hmm. looks like you sketch something on a paper with a graphite pencil.
0: Right, you can't see That's, the particulars. Well,
1: yeah, that doesn't help anyone. Right. Unless the guy holds up his prints and they're just big smudges. Which, it's funny you say
0: that, because sometimes comparing prints, you know, there's some, some people's prints, they're, they're either weathered or aged, or if they're a certain, they have a certain, yeah, or if they have a certain type of career field, Mm -hmm. then it affects their fingerprints, and some, sometimes I'd be comparing a print, and you can't, it looks modeled, and that's just, that's their print. They're, they've faded, you know, it's just, it's strange, the different things you can find. You can tell a lot about a person just by looking at their <laughs> fingerprints. How
1: rough they, they don't moisturize these people. Right. I remember uh, we arrested a guy who was a stonemason by trade, and we had the uh, digital print scanner. <laughs> we are booking him, put his hands up there, and it didn't matter how many times we had him wash his hands mm-hmm. or use little alcohol pads or anything like that could clean the surface of the machine or his hands everything was just like there was just so much compacted fine Mm
0: -hmm. limestone
1: that he said he had just gotten done doing some project with limestone and it didn't matter what we did they were just like solid black marks
0: yeah and that's interesting and the people who are the most difficult to pull fingerprints from are secretaries because of the constant meddling with paper mm-hmm. the that motion kind of it kind of swipes it off yeah it it's more like a file like it mm-hmm. files oh, it, it down cuz smooths down the, the right, ridges right cuz our ridges are multiple layers of epidermis so when you keep you know you if you filed it long enough i mean don't do that but no. No. but <laughs> on a on a smaller scale the same thing happens with secretaries and paper use
1: so what we should be looking for when we have a burglary is people who <laughs> were either wearing gloves or work with or paper. clerical work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Move all those suspects to the top of the pile. Right. Hey, we didn't find any prints. Well, you know, let's go start knocking on some <laughs> office doors.
0: Do you have paper? Let me see.
1: <laughs> well, there's a brief history of fingerprint powder. Probably the only powder we're going to cover on the show in this detail. Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure. Well,
1: it's the only powder we're this experience with.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Who <laughs> We appreciate you tuning in, joining us, and learning a little bit. And we will be back again with fuller episodes about terrible, awful things and how they were solved. Or not.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening.
1: Bye. Wait, don't leave yet. We have one more thing.
0: If you are looking for a career change or to expand your knowledge in an already established one, look no further than the National Investigative Training Academy. The National Investigative Training Academy, or NITA, has well over 100 courses with 70 professional development ones alone. NITA is constantly adding to their course catalog, and courses are focused on private investigation and security fields. Whether you would like to become a private investigator, or you need continuing education for your investigative or security career, the National Investigative Training Academy is for you. All courses offered are 100% online and do at your own pace. Once completed, you will receive a certificate in that course. Sign up today at investigativeacademy.com. Make sure when you sign up for your courses, you mention we sent you there. We encourage you to get the best investigative and security training possible today. When you sign up, mention our brand ambassador code, BA2367. That's BA2367. And you can find those courses at investigativeacademy.com. Look for links in our show notes as well.